as I was thinking about the message I would preach today, uh, the Lord laid on my heart lessons I've learned in quarantine. Now, I'm going to give you some non-biblical lessons first, okay? First of all, quarantine time is weird. Okay, this is the weirdest time you will ever experience. Uh, I, I have actually, in the middle of the day, stopped and say, is this Friday? When it's been Monday. I mean, just, I couldn't even get the day straight. Uh, I've actually started getting up early so I don't miss anything. <laughs> just in case I'm supposed to do a devotion for 8.30 on Saturday morning, just because I don't know sometimes. It's just all over the place, okay? And, and uh, some days, it goes super fast, and all of a sudden, it's like someone hit the brakes, and 4 o'clock comes and never leaves. You know, it's just... It's just really weird. That's a non-biblical lesson I've learned, all right? Another lesson I've learned the hard way. Quarantine food has just as many calories as non-quarantine food. And for some reason on the weird quarantine time, you're hungrier on quarantine time than when you're not on quarantine time. And uh, I've had to hit the brakes on uh, the whole eating thing. I've had to learn to do the push-away diet program, push away from the table, uh, and uh, so that's a pretty uh, a lesson for myself, but with all that said, another reason to thank God, even in a time when uncertainty, we have all kinds of food. You know, there's a lot of countries that don't have that privilege today. Another reason to give God the glory. All right, so let's look at some biblical things or uh, biblical uh, foundational things that I have learned or been reminded, I guess, is probably the better thing. John chapter 3 and verse number 18. John 3, verse number 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the combination that light is common to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth light, Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. That's the idea of being examined. He that doth truth commendeth, cometh to the light, and, and that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another day you've given to us. Thank you for this opportunity to be here. And Lord, I pray that the message this morning would be an encouragement to all who are listening and watching. Lord, I pray that we, we would look to you to strengthen our hearts in days of uncertainty. And, uh, days might get better in the days ahead, but the idea is that we continue to look to you and understand your word in greater ways. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. One of the things that I was reminded of this, so the first two points are more negative, you could use the terminology. Uh, and then the other last couple are definitely positive things that were a real encouragement to me. The number one is man loves darkness rather than the truth. Men love darkness. Men love lies. They, they love lies rather than the truth. Now, this portion of Scripture in John chapter 3 is when Nicodemus comes to Jesus seeking more information. He comes with a very humble heart. He wants to know what's taking place, how to be born again. Uh, the Lord informs him. And Jesus tells them in that portion of Scripture that men love darkness rather than light. And haven't we seen that fulfilled in our day? We've seen it around us. Uh, 
the media has uh, seemed to be in their glory telling us all the worst possible scenarios. All the worst. I, I remember the first week of this all taking place, which I joke with my family, feels like five years ago. You know, uh, I remember when it first took place, and it was very difficult for me to process what was trying to be said to me, what was being proclaimed, and I was trying to figure it out. And I'll be honest, I was consuming way too much media, way too much news, and uh, then it affected me in negative ways. I, I was grumpy. I was quicker to be a little nasty. I was eating too much food. You know, the idea that what's happening, I, I, this can't be true. I mean, the things you heard, and who here can't remember the murder hornets that came after? You know, it's just that we're going to be, like, they tell us to go outside, but the murder hornets will get us. You know, that, that was what was being portrayed in the media. You know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not hard to observe the wickedness of men. They love darkness. Uh, the idea... And we've definitely seen it take place after the horrible death of Mr. Floyd in, in Minnesota there. Uh, but after that event, uh, we've seen a lot of wicked ideas. That was wicked. But after that, there was even more wickedness. The idea that we need to cleanse our history to remove things. Uh, I understand that every man born under the sun is wicked. You know, every man sins, right? Absolutely, everybody sins. Everyone does wrong. There's no one that's perfect. And the reality is it's essential for us to remember our history because if we try to forget it, we'll repeat it. And you might say, well, that's not in the Bible. That's true, that's not in the Bible, but it's still a truth. It's still a truth, and we need to remember it. We need to remember the history. Uh, and I understand, again, it's not sacred like the Word of God, but we see from God's Word that men love to do right in their own eyes, to serve their purposes. I'm going to read you a few verses here in Judges chapter 17, first of all. Verse 6, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. We see that today. We saw it before, but we see it in greater ways now. Proverbs 3, 7, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Do we see a total lack of fearing God today? Absolutely. Men are just doing their own thing. Uh, Isaiah 5.20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Don't, don't we see that really fulfilling in front of our eyes today? I mean, we saw it I mean, previous, yes, but it's just come right to the surface in so many areas. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 21, following that I just read. You know, racism is absolutely wrong. It's absolutely wrong. It's not defendable by Scripture. You hear people say that, that Christianity believes in that. That's not that true biblical Christianity, no way. You know why I can say that with great certainty? Because we all come from one line. We're all one blood, folks. Adam and Eve, very beginning. We're all from there. There's no difference. There's no subspecies of humans. We are all of the line of Adam and Eve. God created us. That's it. There's, there's no need. There's no, there's no scriptural justification to hate or discriminate against a, a color that someone has on their skin. Give me a break. That is so wrong. That's wicked. 
that is absolutely wicked, or, or to pick on a people group that, oh, they might have done some things wrong. I, I think of gypsies for the moment. I, I have friends who are gypsies, and they talked about how they were persecuted. That's wrong. I, I think of anti-Semitic uh, thoughts and things that are promoted. That's wrong. And we are all one blood. God created us. And God loves us, and we should love others. I understand that some people, doesn't matter the color, they can be unlovely, but we still need to show them Christ's love, amen? That's absolutely the responsibility of every believer. That is our, that is our responsibility. We have no right to be racist. We have no right. We have every responsibility to tell them Jesus loves them and give them the truth. Romans 3, 4 says, For he is the minister of God for thee, to thee for good. But thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. This minister is not me. This is not a minister of the gospel. This is a minister of one who brings judgment. This is talking about authority. God-given, God-ordained authority. We need authority in our land today. If we don't have, you remember that first verse I read? There was no king in Israel, and men did as they pleased. We need authority. I'm going to be very honest with you. The idea of defunding the police is wicked. It's wicked. You don't think that wicked people will rule and reign if the good removes itself? I understand there's bad cops. I get that. Because everyone is sinner. I understand, and those who are wrong, who do wrong, they should be judged to the full letter of the law. But to defund the police, to say we don't need police, goes totally against God-ordained authority. And it's all over our media, defund, defund. Hey, I'm not saying that you don't analyze and see where you need to put money in a better place. Hey, I probably we've all probably done that in our own personal budget. I need to put more money here. I need to do this here or whatever the case. There's nothing wrong with that. But the idea of getting them out is a terribly bad idea because actually it's contrary to the word of God because the word of God says it's a minister of, uh, of him to, to bring revenge to those who've done wrong. That's absolutely. If, you know what reality is? Honestly, folks, we need to be praying for our police forces. We need to be showing them our support. That's the, you know, I understand. I've, hey, I've, I've gotten tickets. Oh, shocker here today. You know, I, I've got a speeding ticket once. You know, I didn't yell and scream at the officer. I felt pretty ashamed of myself. Probably more ashamed I got caught, if I'm going to be honest. All right. I, I've gotten it, but I'm not going to give him grief. I've done wrong. You know, and the reality is this, is, this is the idea of men doing their own thing. They love darkness rather than light. Another one is hypocrisy is alive and well. Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, it says, Thou hypocrite, cast out the beam of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. Now, this is the Lord speaking, and most of the time the Lord spoke about hypocrites, and they're mentioned 31 times in Scripture, but when the Lord's speaking, it's usually to those who are acting in a religious fashion. And the word uh, hypocrite in the New Testament, it means an actor under assumed character. Now, I, I have in the past watched actors and said, wow, that's a great actor. Then actually when I see them, like, you are, you're not as nice as I thought you were. 
You know, the idea is that they're assuming a character uh, and trying to put on things. And in the ministry, I've had people come to me and say, oh, I'm not going back to church because it's full of hypocrites. I've had people say that to me. And sometimes it goes off the, my back pretty quick, and other times it stings a bit. I'm going to be honest with you. I remember there was one time in the ministry, I guess this was about, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe a little bit less. Someone said that to me. And uh, I phoned a pastor friend. Aren't you glad for friends when you get discouraged? You can phone and say, I need encouragement. I need some guidance. Can you help me? You all need to have friends like that in your life. All right, so I remember phoning this pastor friend, uh, a lot lot older than me, a lot more wiser than me, and explained my situation that I faced. And he said something to me that has helped me and yet has been an exhortation to myself. He said, people are consistently inconsistent. Let me say that again. People are consistently inconsistent. People means everybody. I can be inconsistent. You can be inconsistent. We should all strive to be consistent. That should be the desire of our hearts and lives. But hypocrisy is around us, being a hypocrite. Now, I want to temper my words with some wisdom here, but I think you've all seen this yourself in the last few days. Uh, you know, when we first started with this whole thing, you know, we were told hourly, for weeks, for months, on all available platforms, you know, don't gather lest you spread the virus. I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands, because unless you've been able to tune everything out uh, since March, you heard that, all right? And, and if, if you did, man, you were shamed. You know, you were shamed. Then when the events took place uh, with Mr. Floyd... The same people from on high who told us not to gather were gathering. That's a problem. That's called being a hypocrite. You know, it's for everybody or for nobody. That's the rules. And I'll be honest, I've been very disappointed, very upset with the things I've seen taking place in Canada. It's a concern. But my job as a pastor is to tell you the truth from God's word, amen? That's my job. I don't go diving into every argument out there. No, I want to give you the truth. Because then the truth can help you live the way you need to. That's my job. That's my responsibility. You know, uh, back in the 1850s, 1860s, the Australians, not all of them, but there was a certain group, were using the theory of evolution to justify their genocide of the Aborigines. They were using it as a justification. They were saying, if this theory is correct, we can do this. And you know who was still alive when they were doing that? The master of that theory, Charles Darwin. He was still alive. But there was no letters written. I understand there was no email. There was no fast transportation in that day. But there was no letters sent saying you should stop that from him. But we don't see anybody going and painting his statues, do we? That's being a hypocrite. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're seeing the effects of the evolutionary thought pattern affecting our nation in ways we probably never thought would happen. We're going to do as we want because there is no God. We're all a big accident anyway. We're, we, we just evolved. We're just evolving. Hey, the idea that... Uh, I've heard lots about Karl Marx in the last couple of weeks. Marxism. You know, he was truly a racist. He was truly a racist. I went to non-Christian sites 
on the websites and, and history books. I specifically went to non-Christian on purpose to see what they would say. And they said, this is their words, he spoke horrendously of Slavic people, of blacks, of Jews, Chinese, and others. Unfortunately, we see a lot of these people who are protesting using him as a great template. He was a racist, but you don't see any of his statues being painted or torn down. Hey, let's be honest. That's what I'm saying. Let's be true. What does the Word of God say? What, what is truth? And, and just a little side note, folks, Marxism is really bad. It's really bad. It's anti-Bible. It's anti-Christianity. It's anti-religion, period. All right, so if you have a friend who's, or you know someone in your family, you can tell them that. All right, Marxism is never going to be your friend, Christian. It's going to persecute you. It's going to look to take away your Bible. It's going to look to take away your church. It's going to look to take, put you in a camp. And if you think I'm being over-emphasizing, go to China and go to Russia. Because that's what was the founding principles for their communism. All right? Know the facts. Know the truth. There's going to be people who are going to be against the truth. I understand. We see that from Scripture. But it equips you so you know the truth. So there's that. that's the more negative side, if you want to use that terminology. Let's some real positive things. Hey, knowing the truth is always positive, right? It's always good, even though it might bring you in conflict with people. Knowing the truth helps you. You know, something I thought about during this time is I'm responsible to do my best. I'm not responsible for Mark to do his best. No. I want to encourage him to do his best, but I'm only responsible for me to do my best. Every one of us is the same place. Whoever you are, you're responsible to do your best. Ecclesiastes 9.10, Whatsoever thy hand find to do, do it with thy might. Do it to your best of your ability. Now, I do not have the ear of any mayor. Okay? I, I do not stroll through the halls of power in Queen's Park. Neither do I have any access to medical researchers or uh, medical professionals who are in charge of policies in our country, in our province, in our region. Now, I don't have the ability to chat with the uh, upper ups in Ottawa. I really can't do anything of those things. I can't do too much in that realm. I can voice my opinion, that's about it. And I, this statement has come so alive for me. Everybody has opinions. They're like armpits, most of them stink. Now, I'm not trying to dismiss your opinion, but man, I've heard so many opinions, and some of them absolutely reek. You know, I, no, I, I, no, what the Lord expects me is not to check with everybody's opinion. The Lord expects my best. My best. He expects your best. And uh, during this time uh, of being isolating, quarantine, whatever the word you want to use, I need to be the best husband. I need to be the best dad. I need to be the best pastor I can be. That those other circumstances don't change the reality for me and for you to be your best. I've had more time than usual in my home. And I don't know if this has happened to anybody else's house, but there's probably been days because it's happened to my house. I don't think we're that much on normal. There's been days where everyone just stays in the room because they don't want to see each other. 
I'm going to sleep all day today. We don't want to talk to each other. You know, we just see too much. Uh, but the reality is I've been re- reminded and renewed again of the responsibility to love my wife. To be the husband I need to be. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Colossians 3.19, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Uh, my wife is helping her mom and dad, who are, have health issues at way higher risk. Uh, Brother Ian McLean as well, and Ian is not doing well, folks. He, he's, lung capacity is going down and down all the time. Uh, and she has been allowed to help them uh, to go into the rooms. She fought to be able to get in there to help them because there's nobody to help them. So she would uh, go off to help them. Uh, usually on Wednesdays, I don't see my wife. She's helping those folks in our, in our family, in our church. And uh, she'll come back. And, uh, you know, years down the road would I have my cane if the Lord allows that to happen and I got gray hair and someone comes to me and says, what did you do during that corona thing? And I'll say, well, Sonny, I did laundry. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> uh, I've been taking the, the laundry and doing all their laundry. But the idea is I do it because I love my wife. I want to be a blessing to her. I care about her. And what is, her, is in your life? If you're uh, blessed to be married, love your wife. And, and I love your husband. My kids need my best as well. Fathers, provoke not your children wrath, lest they be discouraged. Uh, you know, our children need to be encouraged each and every day, dads. Moms, they need encouragement too. Uh, I have never played so many games of hide-and-seek in my life as I have during this time. Uh, I've watched way more girly movies than I ever have in my life. Uh, I've uh, uh, read way more books to the kids than I ever have in my life. We went on more hikes than we ever had, but it's great. I, I'm not as offended by it, not upset. I'm glad we were able to do it. I should be encouraging, doing my best for my kids and showing them the way that they should live. You know, I have a responsibility to do my best for Legacy Baptist Church to lead the church the best I can in unusual times. And I'm going to be really honest with you, it's been difficult. Not because you have been difficult, it's just because of the situation is difficult. It's hard to know sometimes what to do, what not to do. You know, uh, I, I appreciate people who have some theories about how this is all blown up, and I appreciate theories of people who are concerned because they're in a higher risk, and then there's people who just don't want to do anything. I appreciate all your places. I'm kind of right in the middle of all those three. All right, I want to minister to each and every one of you. I want to be encouragement to each and every one of you. And I found out that I'm way more of a people person than I ever thought I was. I mean, sitting at home, and I can't talk to very many people and things of that nature. And sense of seeing them, it's great to talk on the phone or text or send an email or do a Zoom meeting or do the, uh, what's, that, uh, what's the app that you do with the FaceTime? FaceTime, FaceTime, yeah, yeah, okay. And that's all great, but it's nothing like seeing somebody and having a chat. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, myself and Pastor Matt can attest to this. Uh, that we have worked harder in the last three and a half months than we've ever worked in our lives in the ministry. We're just trying to figure things out. I'm pretty sure Pastor Mac could get a master's degree in the fastest learning of online things. All right, he's been our go-to guy. If, if it wasn't for Pastor Mac, 
this would be a Mickey Mouse house, okay? I, will, I don't know anything about this stuff. And uh, after church, you go by and encourage him and tell him thank you uh, for all the work he's done. Uh, and all our staff has been great. They've gone above and beyond, and I appreciate each one of them from the Facebook posts, the Facebook devotions, the recordings, the podcast. All those things take time. They take effort, and, and we're thankful we can. But we just need to do our best. We need to do our best. As well, I, I took more time myself. The lessons I've learned, I, I took more time myself to study. And I was able to uh, get a certificate in biblical counseling during this time. So then I'm more equipped to help the church. The door is open. Uh, uh, I want to be an assistance and an encouragement and a counselor to any, anybody who needs it. That's my desire. Uh, during this time, you've encouraged me, and I want to thank you for that. I want to thank each and every one of you who sent me messages, you phoned me, you text me, whatever. And I appreciate so much. Some of you came by the house and did a porch visit and, and things of that nature. Numerous folks gave us goodies. Not that I needed any more goodies, but they were good, you know. Uh, so I'm so thankful for all those things. Some of you have commuted, communicated to me problems. Have you noticed that COVID doesn't remove all the other problems of life? If anything, it probably magnifies those other problems. And you, you told me about issues, and I've been happy to pray with you, and sometimes I'm able to give you a solution and help you with that. Uh, the idea is that we need to be encouraging each other. We, we need to mount up with wings as evils. We need to renew our strength in the Lord. And that's all part of being, a, being the best pastor I can be. I'm encouraged in a lot of ways. I've had some great conversations with people in our church, and they told me how the Lord's worked in their heart over this time. And maybe they were going the wrong direction, and through this they see, hey, I need to change, I need to do this, uh, this is what God wants me to do. I'm going to tell you right now, that's encouraging to hear. That's a wonderful thing, and, uh, and just to be refreshed and renewed in their walk with the Lord, and that we're encouraging, we're provoking one another onto good works. That should be our desire. You know, the last thought the last thing that I was really reminded of was the need of this world. I've had lots of articles sent my way. I've read lots of them. I can't say I've read every one of them, but lots of them sent, lots of YouTube videos sent to me, lots of new or digital news conferences and then the regular online newspapers. And they stated the things we need. They stated all kinds of things we need. We, we need uh, uh, supplies. I mean, the PPE uh, at the very beginning of all this, didn't we hear that almost every day? We need more, we need more, we need more, we need more. Uh, I've heard, we need strong leadership. We need strong leadership. We, we need to get our economy going again. Uh, we need to get our families back together again. And uh, another one we hear, we need treatment for this. We need a vaccine for this. And, and all these needs. You know, if you meet all these needs, you know what it does? It brings you back to the old normal. Right? I mean, if, if you get treatment and you don't have to worry about ever getting COVID and dying from it, well, that's back to the old normal. We can do everything we want again. And I, I'm, I'm all for getting back to what the old normal was. We can gather together. It didn't matter. Oh, I'm all down for that. I mean, I'm really looking forward not to have to see arrows and go the way the arrows tell me what to go. I didn't realize how much of a rebel I am. I mean, I'm pretty sure Longo's has a picture of me in their store. And then when I come in, they put someone on me and make sure I'm following the arrows. 
I mean, I get in there and there's food everywhere. I'm just excited, like food, food. I don't look at the floor. I'm looking for food. I, I remember this, the first time I did it, a man, I, you know, just going into the cash register and they were all staring at me. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm checking out. What are you doing? <laughs> and I apparently butted in a big line of people who were down this aisle and you should have seen all the daggers they were throwing at me. I mean, I just didn't even realize. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not going away. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Tim Hortons or Starbucks or wherever your favorite coffee place is and sitting and having a coffee with you. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be honest. I look forward to having the ability to, to go see my parents and my sister and brother-in-law and family in Newfoundland. If I wanted to do that, I can't do that today. I look forward to being able to do that again. But that's just all going back to the old normal. Isn't something way better than the old normal? Oh yeah, and his name is Jesus. That's the need of this day, is Jesus. The reality is the world's greatest need, Canada's greatest need, Peel's greatest need, is Jesus. He's the bread of life. John 6, 35, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. I had the privilege of getting some really nice bread from the Sharps over the time of the quarantine. I mean, it was so good. I almost went and hid it. I mean, that's how bad a dad I am. Like, and, you know, I was convicted about being, doing my best, right? I almost took that loaf and hid it, and I warm it up and put butter on that. Yum, 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 yum. So good. But you know, about a couple hours later, I wanted more bread. Because it doesn't feel the need forever, right? It, it, the idea is that Jesus is the bread of life. And he's for all. He'll, he'll satisfy that hunger. That's why people chase all kinds of different things. They're looking to be filled. They can find fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's who they need to go to. He's the need. He's the greatest need. Jesus is the way. Uh, John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to have that eternal life, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's all kinds of religions that say different things, and people have their own thoughts, make their own systems. It's only through Jesus. The Word of God tells us. He is the Redeemer. Job 19.25 says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. He is the Redeemer of all men. And all men can be redeemed through Jesus Christ if they would come to him. Now, I mean, I'm not opposed to a treatment. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see that some sort of treatment come up where we can uh, fight this thing. That'd be great. That'd be wonderful. That'd be grand. But you need Jesus, and I need Jesus more than any treatment. Jesus is our greatest need. Now, there's an eternity at stake. We're going to spend somewhere forever, for eternity. Everybody will. No one gets away from that. And there's only two destinations. There's heaven or hell. That's it. There's no other place. People need Jesus Christ. They need to know him as their Savior. And as, as us as individual believers here today, and those who might be watching, the reality is we need Jesus. 
not in the salvation experience which we already have, but we need to have a vital walk with Jesus Christ. That's going to help you face the bombardment of darkness and lies that we often hear. Hey, you need to, you need to have that strength for the day? You find it in Jesus Christ. You know, I would encourage you to be in the Word more than you ever had before. And you find meaning for life. You find direction for life. You, you will be able to uh, face situations that are uncomfortable with the help of Jesus Christ. He is your greatest need. Don't put him aside and say, I do it my own way. No, you need to follow what the Word of God has to say. Jesus is the answer. You know, I, I mentioned earlier that there's all kinds of things, kind of like stage three and the emergency act is supposed to end. Well, that's what the premier is saying. He wants to see that end in July. And often, I've said this to Pastor Matt numerous times during all this time as well, is that there's always more questions than answers. How is this going to work? How is this going to take place? How are we going to make this work? Hey, i got great news for you. There is an answer, and his name is Jesus. It's Jesus. He is the solution. And he is our hope. If, I mean, I, during the very beginning of all this, there wasn't a whole lot of hope being talked about, was there? There was, there was very little mention of any hope. Hey, that's still, the hope of Jesus was still existing. We can have hope in Jesus. Where are you placing your hope? Where are you going for your answers? Where are you looking for your solutions? Let me encourage you to look to Jesus. Dear Jesus, thank you for another time you have given to us. Thank you for this opportunity to meet and gather. And Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts and lives. Lord, that we would know you as Savior, most importantly. And then as individual believers, we've accepted you as Savior, Lord, that we would follow you. We would look to you for guidance, for answers, for solutions in our hearts and lives. Lord, thank you for all you've done. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.